Hi, I'm Susie Wilson, and this is my podcast, Radical Consciousness and Cleansing, a mystical sojourn through the ancient healing of cleansing from then till now. This podcast is going to take us on a journey of our mind, our body, and our spirit, delving into the depths of what does it mean to cleanse, how we reclaim our health physically, spiritually, and emotionally, so that we can live life to our fullest. Hello listeners, welcome back. It's so lovely that you have joined me again today and today we're talking about the psychology of parasites. It's been the one thing over the years since I started in my field of alternate therapies nearly 20 years ago that has been consistent, that causes the most confusion and that in fact Um, causes the most discomfort to people on many levels, whether that's emotionally or physically. The thought of us having a parasite lurking within us is something that we really don't deal well with. We we struggle with this thought that there could be parasites inside. And, And I guess that's also about, you know, it's been linked to or people have seen it as Uh, it's maybe a sign of poverty or a sign of uh, bad hygiene. It's it's a bit like when I went to school and and kids would get lice and I think kids still get lice. Um, It was seen that maybe this was something that maybe the poor kids got. But as we know, that's just so, that's not true. Um, There's a lot of reasons that we may have um, parasites and there's a lot of reasons we may have had lice as well. But today I want to focus on parasites and and talk about the psychology of parasites. So this isn't a technical talk on whether it's a, a helmet or a single cell or a multiple cell parasite and, and what the statistics say on whether we have parasites or not. There's such varying beliefs on that and such varying statistics. And to be honest, I don't think we, we even test well for it and I don't think we even really know, in fact, what the real depth of what goes on within us. So it's the inner terrain, and I want to talk about it from my experience as a colon therapist and my experience as just in the clinic working with people's health. And I want to talk about it as more of a psychological thing because this is what comes to me all of the time is that the... the the psychological effect that parasites can have and the psychological effect that we see, we can actually physically see when someone's releasing in the clinic and uh, there's a parasite about to come through, you get a sense of that. And, in fact, people can feel quite agitated. And in our the way that we do the work, um, we will typically see parasites in the first 15 minutes um, if they're going to come out in that session. Um, And if you're on a parasite cleanse, so it's something that we can see the uncomfortability, the physical uncomfortability that it might cause, and also the emotional uncomfortability, because we can see someone's whole energy just change completely once they've seen or once they've passed that parasite. So why does our inner terrain scare us so much? What is it about this side of us that we get nervous even about talking about it and we certainly get, we have a feeling of uh, grotesque. It's like it's just gross. It's like that can't be in me. I don't want that. It's a, very much a feeling that we get of 
feeling dirty or um, unworthy even, I think some people um, would would say. So it's a feeling of, of unclean, of unclean. And, and, you know, if we take this way back, even to get back today, if we step back in time first and we know in um, all different types of religious traditions and spiritual traditions, the idea of cleansing has always been paramount. The idea of cleansing our body to be closer to God um, is what they would say. It's it's a, our way forward. It gives that clarity. And, you know, I think about that just on a spiritual um, place about being closer to God and, and this is why we cleanse. Even if we unpack that a little bit as a healer, I come from you know, my work in healing people that come in to see us and um, and that's on an emotional and spiritual level as well. If we want to be a healer, we've always told, and this is the same when I was decounselling, if we want to be a good counsellor, if we want to be a good healer, we need to have our vessel clean. So if we're a good counsellor, we need to have our, our, brand, our brain clean. We don't want it all mixed up in there with monkey chatter, you know, because then how on earth can we be present for the person sitting opposite us or with us that is talking to and sharing their experiences, hoping for some reflection from us as a counsellor to help them progress forward. So we have to have our mind clear. We have to clear that monkey chatter, that monkey mind. And I believe in healing it's the same thing. If if this is my vessel, the, the body is our vessel of our spirit, if that's our belief systems where we've come from or even if that's what we're exploring, even if we're not quite sure if that's our truth yet, we might just feel that, you know what, there's something more here. There's something more than just my physical body. So then we start to, if then I, I'm going to work with someone, I want to have this body, this vessel, which I call the altar of my ancestors. So when I'm working with you, in fact, even now sport, speaking, where I'm drawing on the knowledge from all of my ancestors that have come before me in my lineage, if I want to offer this healing to someone, I want this vessel clean as well. So if it's got other parasites, and what my old people of Australia, the Aboriginal people of Australia have called it, they call them entities, they call them aliens. And, in fact, it was seen if someone was off kilter, if you like, if, if their spirit wasn't aligned, then the old people would suggest that they've got an alien, a parasite within them and that they needed to be cleansed and they would give them herbs or go through a cleansing protocol to do that. And I think that this has been an old tradition since the beginning of time. We, we really have had this whole concept of cleansing and whether it was to get closer to God, because if our vessel is clean, as I said, if our head's clean, if our vessel is clean of just toxins, um, and remember, you know, 300 years ago, 200 years ago, 100 years ago, we didn't have supermarkets and the amount of and, and pharmaceutical companies and 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 farming chemicals that we've got now. So the toxicity load in our body now just grows every year, I believe. We walk in a toxic world, unfortunately, these days, unless you've found yourself on a mountain somewhere. It's hard to avoid the toxicity that 
really confronts us or meets us each day as we walk through our life in the day. So we want to have this vessel clean um, as much as we can. So really now cleansing these principles of the past have really now come in as even more important now if we want to give our body a chance, give our body a chance to move fo- to move forward in um, in its well-being, both both mentally, spiritually and physically. Um, if we believe in epigenetics, we also believe that the body is the wisdom and it will manifest our emotions in a physical illness if we don't treat that emotional disruption. And if we take that one step further, which is what I'm wanting to do today, is go into this inner terrain of our body and and look at it as potentially we have parasites that are also guiding our thinking, that they in fact have their own psychology, they have their own thought process, their own intelligence even, which is all quite freaky to think, isn't it? Because then all of a sudden we we then may not have complete control of our being. Um, It's interesting, isn't it? We don't like that thought. So here we are as a human being, but potentially we've got this other species running within us. Um, I know that sounds crazy, right? And when I say it, it, I think, oh, my God, Sue, everyone's going to think he's so weird and crazy. I think I'm weird and crazy sometimes when I'm talking about this stuff, but I can't deny what I see in the clinic. And I have so many more people asking me questions about it now, and it's like, We really need to talk about this more as in the psychology, not whether we have parasites or not. We know we have parasites and even mainstream tells us we have typical little ones like pinworms, et cetera, that they can test for and they'll see and with children that this is often the case. Um, When children, you know, starting preschool and stuff, they get um, their parasites and um, their worms is what the parents would call them about. And, you know, parents will look at a children's bottom at night with a torch and a full moon and you'll see extra activity of worms around this time. So we know at one level there's worms, but we like to separate ourselves from this. We like to separate ourselves thinking, well, that's, you know, that's those people or that's those children. It's not necessarily us. We do have some type of fear about this, fear of about our inner terrain and I sometimes see it as it's like our our parasites are like our shadow self you know people don't like to look at their shadow self either and when I say shadow it's the it's the parts we don't like about ourselves or maybe the parts we don't even see about ourselves because they really are just a part of us but they're probably a little detrimental to our to our happiness to our to our success in the in our life because they come in and self-sabotage, you know, the, the thoughts that, that the unspoken thoughts that we say to ourselves, the dialogue that goes within us that sets up and manifests the negative as we do the positive. You know, there's lots of stuff around people talking about, you know, to manifest and to do your self-talk and you know what you every thought is a prayer really every every word is a prayer and and I like to remind people that as we can manifest um, positively we can also manifest negatively so if you've been trying to manifest and do yourself talk and and get yourself to a different position in your life it could be and if it's not working that could be because subconsciously it's not congruent 
So if we don't have our conscious and subconscious congruent in what we're manifesting, the subconscious will always win out. It, it is the one that um, sets up the scene for the conscious to go and make it, make it a reality. Our parasites within us can put a hold on this. They can inhibit this. They can inhibit our thinking so it is our negative. And whether you want to call it ego, whether you want to call it shadow, whether you want to call it an entity, whether you want to call it an alien, there is a life force that is within, within us. And I know very controversial, but I also believe that it has a psychology, a, a mind of its own, because I've seen people move and change once they've released parasites, and I see the mood. I see the physical colour in someone's face. I see how that actually works when the person has released. You know, if we're thinking about, okay, well, we've got, you know, this inner terrain that you're asking me to explore, you know, what does it even look like and how does that have an effect anyway and where does it live in the body? Like how do they do that? And I think we have to get away from thinking that we only store things just in our colon, waste in our colon, um, and that even the thought that colonics is just for your colon because it's actually a whole body. We store waste in every single cell. Every single cell has the ability to store waste. So if every single cell has the ability to store waste, then, you know, we've got a trillion, a trillion vessels of, of, of waste in there, potential waste. And my belief is that parasites can live in any of these and that means that they can live in our organs and those organs being our brain or our heart or our liver, that parasites live there and will inhibit the health of those organs um, because they take over parasites. Their environment that they want is um, very opposite to what is uh, in benefit for our good health. So they like an environment that's typically more acidic and they like an environment that, well, think about the soil, the, the weeds, you know, it's it's acidic, it, it's sometimes dry, sometimes overly wet. It's an environment that doesn't have oxygen. It's an environment that it, it, it bubbles up, like it bubbles up like a test tube. It it just makes everything green and yucky in there if you want to have that visual. So if we're thinking about this soil, um, this environment that we have, it's an environment that doesn't allow good absorption into our body of good nutrient. It doesn't allow the oxygen to flow through our blood. It doesn't allow the assimilation and breakdown of the food we eat so that it can become a food source for ourselves. It really does and has the ability to close all that down. So, of course, then, once we're having less oxygen, once we're having less hydrogen, once we're having less um, nutrition, once our body becomes more acidic, then the way that we start to think and feel is going to be very different. If you've ever had the experience of being unwell, you know that this doesn't give you lots of good juju. You know that this gives you, um, it's hard to feel good about the day. It's hard to see the sun up and be grateful for the sun. It's hard to be grateful to even wake up in the day potentially. So, um, and to be grateful for this. So, we know that this type of environment is not useful for our, for our spiritual health, our physical health and our emotional health. So they certainly do change the environment internally. So our inner terrain now longer, no longer is our friend. 
it really now is becoming our enemy. It's becoming something that we're starting to fight with and that's starting to cause us pain, cause us grief, cause us imbalance. It's causing us a dysbiosis, a, a, a lack of homeostasis in our life, if you like. So because it's doing all of that, we then can start to think about, you know, our thinking starts to change and we start to see things maybe more negatively. And we start to see things and we might even start to feel like we don't have control of our thoughts. We start to just feel stuff without control, no matter what we do. And this might be even for people that, you know, work really hard on on trying to get yourself well and with your food and, and hydration and exercise, but you still have this lurking presence going on, this lurking thing that is causing some uh, disruption in your thoughts. So if we can go back to the the environment and just go back underneath all of that and what's where is all this starting, I love to interchange the words soil and soul. If we think about Mother Earth, she has soil covering her, you know, which whatever's not water, what's not the ocean, and we have soil. And to me, that also reminds me of soul. So when I say soil, I say soul. And, and the earth, the, the earth of Mother Earth is the soul of her, her being as well. And then our soul, our earth within, within, our compost is also our soil and our soul. It's where many things begin. And if we listen to the old people and the old traditions, you know, we come from the earth and we go back to the earth. We are made up of minerals as the earth is, the same amount, and I'm just trying to remember the number and it escapes me, 67, 68 or 86 minerals, Um, we have exactly the same amount in our body as what we have the soil. Our salt, our saline um, makeup is exactly the same as the ocean. So we are the earth. We are this within her. So and we go back to her. So it may, and if we believe in in the natural um, or the spiritual connection of Mother Earth, she has a heartbeat, and that heartbeat comes that we can actually feel, and that's the soul. You know, that's her soil, and that's why it feels so good. If you've never done this, you need to. And but it feels good just to go lie on the ground. You know, we go lie on, put our belly down on the ground and just feel and connect with her and feel the comfort. So if we go and lie on, that's quite a good analogy, just thinking of that. If we go and lie on um, some soil that is dry, that's growing weeds, um, that isn't welcoming, it's prickly even, we go and lie on that, we're not going to feel comfortable. It's not going to encourage growth of good thought or good thinking. And again, if we put this within ourselves, in our body, this is what parasites do. Parasites do have a psychology. They do affect our thought. They do try and control our thought. And without getting too radical, because I don't believe that um, we also have free will. So if we're feeling that our thoughts are going too out of control or we're harming someone else or hurting someone else, either through our action or through through our words, That's not okay. I'm not saying that we don't have any control because we always have free will and we can notice this or we can maybe someone has noticed it to us so we can actually alter our behaviour. But parasites certainly can influence. They can influence whether and how happy we're feeling in the day. And when they leave the body, they we can automatically feel the change in that, the change in making... um, 
making this a positive a positive process. So it comes back to the question, if we have an inner terrain that is connected to and is like the soil, and if we look at all the teachings and learnings and research we have now around bacterias and how they are affecting our body and um, the good and the bad, if we take that one step further, if we have a bacteria, we can have a parasite. We can have um, ones that we can see with the naked eye and ones that aren't with the naked eye. If we have this soil that's in there that is supporting or not supporting the parasites within us, then we can't deny the fact that these will have an effect on us and parasites are in our in our humanness. Why don't mainstream want to see this? Why don't doctors want to see this? I think, you know, it's very simple. <laughs> I actually don't think yet we just know the extent of the depth of what's actually in there. If we think about the research that's been done on the brain, the research that's been done on the heart, on our liver even, and all the organs. But have we done the same amount of research on our colon? Because I don't think we've even had the technology. I remember when we started to understand bacteria, the technology just to be able to capture these bacterias, that's new. That's in the last 20 years. That's not something that we've had all of this time. And once we actually take what is ever within the colon, we take it out, it's immediately affected by air. We've immediately changed the environment. So how do we even test for what's going on in there? Because this is a big argument that people will say. It's like, no, it's not parasites, it's just mucus. And how can that affect your affect your thinking? I'm out on that. I actually don't believe it is just mucus. I think that if you have mucus and... You know, you have mucus in your nose and you blow your nose or it's not it's not one long strand, you know. Um, candida, yes, it can have sinusides and they can be long um, strand-like substances. But, again, very different to what we might see as a tapeworm or a roundworm or a whipworm, you know. Like they have definite bodies, they have definite colours, they have definite life force attached to them and that's the thing that people don't like to imagine and why again I think because we don't know a lot I think rightly or wrongly I think some religious traditions have have maybe pushed the bar too far saying how evil it is and if you were to admit that you have parasites it would suggest that that you are evil or you're allowing evil into your life um, I, I think that's incorrect. I, I think that um, we're not evil as a human species. Um, I think that our environments um, and the world, how we have to respond to the world is very dependent on how the world has presented itself to us in the beginning of our life. So um, I don't think that we are evil. And I think that the parasites that can come to us you know, they do come to us through soil and through water and through contact. Um, and we now remember we have a global community. We have people in Australia particularly, like we have every type of nationality here, which is awesome when we want to go out and eat. It's awesome when you want to go to cultural um, um, festivals, etc. because we have such a eclectic mix. But what we also fail to remember is that when we have a global community, so what we might have been, um, what we might have, 
of being immune to in the past because our parasite, our immune was strong. We had an immune strong and a strong immune against any of our local parasites or pathogens. So we could protect ourselves from that. And we know this because then we go to another country and we could get sick, you know, but whereas the locals don't get sick. Well, I think this is happening on a grander scale when we think about we can go to a supermarket and we can travel around the world once we put our hands on a trolley. We're picking up everything that all of those hands that have been on there. This then is what we're now struggling with and while we have parasites now um, maybe seen in parts of the world we haven't seen before. Um, I know often in American literature they'll say that Americans don't have parasites. I find that fascinating. I, f- I find then that we still, you know, there's a there's a, a disease called Morgellons disease and there's uh, lots of thinking about that this isn't real, it's a psychological disease. And I've actually treated people with that in the clinic and I do believe it's a parasite and I don't understand where it's come from. But I, and I don't believe it's actually new. There's research to say that this parasite was around in the 1800s. It was um, mostly seen on children, though, um, not so much at us adults. But again, with our immune system drop, with the amount of chemicals that we have now in our body, with the amount of overprescription of different antibiotics, etc., parasites are going to self self generate. Like we have to understand that parasites and bacteria have an intelligence, and until we start to actually understand that we're not going to be able to contain them because we think as a human that we're more intelligent and we're actually not and one reason I actually believe we're not more intelligent is because we try and work by ourselves we don't understand that it's it's so much more power to be in a collective and that's what parasites and bacteria know it's to be in a collective and we don't we don't get that well, humans. Humans are still in the whole process of um, divide and conquer, of control and ownership, of consumerism. And it's like me, me, me. Like we're very much in that phase at the moment, humans, and have been probably since the Industrial Revolution and, and uh, well, even before that, you know, land ownership has been something that's been going on since the slave and human ownership since the slave trades um, went around the ran around the globe. We just see it now more quickly because we have things to get us places a lot quicker than uh, way back then. So I think this whole whole concept of um, parasites and how they affect us psychologically and and now we've got a global community. So we're now we are able to uh, pick up parasites which will event initially make us feel a lot sicker and we might not get sick straight away and this is the other confusing thing it might be 10 years down the track um, or it might end up morphing into something like Morgellons who who knows but it's certainly something that has been around a long time and the psychology of it is real and it does affect. And, in fact, if we just look at the Morgellons disease, even though they identify it as a um, psychosomatic type disease, I actually believe it's it, it's a it's a parasite and it can cause um, psychological issues for sure. I have no doubt about that. I've seen that. But it makes sense, right, if you're actually seeing what's coming out of your body, these little tiny parasites, and I've seen them, and they come out, and it's you can't deny what you see with your, with your naked eye. And we've seen parasites in third world countries come out of, you know, the, the ones that cause, cause elephantitis, and um, you can call, get them through their, the skin, and 
um, you pull them back in through and pull, pull them back out through the skin. So there's a lot of horror stories like this that, you know, we, we see it as like we want to do an exorcism. It's like, you know, if someone's got a, um, a problem, let's exercise these, these bad demons out of our body. Let's exercise them and get these demons and these aliens out and, and yes, we, we do want to, but remember that they they do have a physical base as well. And yes, they do cause psychological problems. So I guess I probably just look at it a little bit differently. I do think that parasites have a psychology. I do think that they have a terrain within our body, our modern body, particularly where they can thrive. I do believe that they they change our moods and our emotions and our abilities to respond to the world. I do believe all of that. However, I don't believe that it's from a bad entity that God has bestowed on us. Um, I don't believe that because I do can see how the terrain is going to support these bad parasites that I can then see how this terrain, once it's in a in a state of dysbiosis will cause problems to our thinking and definitely to our spirit. Um, There is no doubt of that. So if we're thinking about parasites, if we're thinking about our mood, if we have been depressed for a long time, if we have been ill for a long time, if we have autoimmune, if we have high levels of inflammation for no reason, if if uh, we just can't get our oomph, our zeal for life has gone. You know, we don't have that, the zeal, if we can call it the zeal, our bliss point. If we don't have that, then I would encourage you to go and have a real, have some research, have some contemplation about is parasite a thing? Is this potentially something in my body? Not judging me for that not seeing that this is a and uh something bad that i've done and god has now put the devil in me i really don't want us to think like that i don't think that's useful i think it's useful to go i have a terrain that is now benefiting that has a dysbiosis that now benefits me more pathogens than what is good for my health, what is good for my spiritual, emotional and physical health. So I need to change my inner terrain. I need to ensure that my terrain is one that allows uh, allows beautiful flowers to grow, allows sunflowers to grow, roses to blossom, trees to spread, bring new shoots, um, for rivers to flow, for the sun to come out, for the moon to go down. This is the terrain that we need within. And it goes to that old saying, right, as is, as is within, so is without. And, and I do believe that. I do believe that we are in the image of Mother Earth and that there is a whole lot more to the unseen world than that we get and that our body will respond depending on what is going on in our terrain, our body will respond in, in in that way, in accordance with that terrain. So I think it's worth thinking about. I think it's worth thinking about how and if parasites are causing some of your concern with your health. Remember, this podcast is radical consci- consciousness and cleansing. So we have to go down some of these paths, these rabbit holes, these tunnels that we don't want to look at. We have to run down and, and start to meet our shadow and start to talk to our shadow. If we do have parasites, maybe it's a shadow. Maybe it's something of you that you hid away years ago, you know, some trauma, some sadness, some reaction, some 
some denial that you got and now it's manifested because it started to manifest that inflammation, that bitterness, that that jealousy, that regret in your body and now that's changing your physiology, that's changing the makeup in there which is now allowing parasites now to transform within your body to become stronger and this is now that we're on the hamstering. Now we're on the hamstring about how getting off and if we're trying to heal everything else everything else and we're not looking at the, the parasite effect then i think we're only looking at you know 80 percent, 70 percent of what could potentially be going on for us so i'm encouraging you not to be scared of the term parasites i'm encouraging you not to be scared of the thought that this may be something that's going on in your body i'm encouraging you to think about that you do have free will you do have control of your body and what you put in it is in food and water so let's be mindful let's be conscious about our thoughts let's be conscious about our food let's be conscious about our hydration let's be conscious about our connections with what people we have in our world and let's start to build our external environment as we want our internal environment to be and let's start to build our internal environment as we want our external environment to be it is a symbiosis it's not something that we we can separate. It's not something that we can have one or the other. These come together. These are our connection. This is our life. This is your life. This is your earth walk to experience all of these magical moments that we've got here to feel the sun on our face, to feel the earth beneath our feet, to feel the love in our heart, and to be aware that this can all be affected because we do have other things, other components of us that we need to face, that we need to see, which in this podcast is talking about it's our parasites. It's our parasites. It's your parasites. It's my parasites. And how are they affecting my life? So, dear listeners, I'm going to leave that with you today. I'm going to leave that to you to ponder on. And I so look forward to seeing you and speaking with you on our next journey, our next sojourn down in the pathways of what does make us really healthy. So until then, please go for a walk on the earth, feel a heartbeat, feel the love in your heart and feel the connection to yourself and to all. Before we go, if you want more information on radical consciousness and cleansing, head to our website, bottomsupcolonics.com.au. Don't forget to subscribe or follow, rate and review this podcast wherever you listen to your podcast as this will help others find us and also let you know when the next episode is published. You can also connect with us on our socials, Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Bottoms Up Colonics. Until next time, I'm Susie Wilson. Thanks for listening to Radical Consciousness and Cleansing.